0: Hi everyone, Uh, welcome to ELI, the place where you get your daily dose of inspiration for entrepreneurship. And today we have with us uh, Mrs. Gauri Chaudhary, uh, sorry, Ms. Gauri Chaudhary, who is the co-founder of Brand Inner World, a healthcare uh, brand consultancy. Uh, She is also the author of a book named uh, The Perfect uh, Pill, uh, 10 Steps to Build a Strong Healthcare Brand. Gauri has more than 25 years of experience into marketing, brand, communication, and uh, related stuff. Uh, having worked for companies such as uh, FCB, Ulka, Pyramal Healthcare, and uh, uh, Boringer Manham uh, before starting her own venture. So, hi, Gauri. Welcome to Entrepreneur Lounge of India.
1: Hi. Hi, Priya. How are you?
0: Uh, doing great. How about you?
1: Very well. lockdown. down. Uh,
0: Gauri, would you uh, mind introducing yourself to our audience, please?
1: Yeah. Hi, everyone. And welcome to this session. Um, So Priya tells me that I should be talking about my experience. So that's what I'll do in the next few uh, minutes. Um, And welcome aboard if you're just looking at a great entrepreneurial journey ahead. uh, Then yeah, here here are my two bits. I hope uh, they'll be useful to you. So that's it. I mean, I'm a Pharma graduate and I've done my management studies way back, uh, you know, uh, from Mumbai University, uh, worked in several organizations in marketing and advertising department. And there came a point where I thought I should be my own. And around 10 years back, I started uh, my own consultancy, which is Brand Inner World. It's all about brand. So what we do is from formulation of a great healthcare brand to its uh, you know building uh, that brand further and seeing to it that ultimately it benefits customers and the businesses so that's the consultancy zone of 360 degrees is what we do
0: mm-hmm. uh, tell us uh, uh, a bit more about brand inner world what what is the kind of services it provides uh, and uh, uh, who are the uh, uh, existing or potential clients
1: yeah so basically uh, pharmaceutical world and the healthcare world in general is slightly different. Uh, we have our uh, brands manufactured uh, or ideated in labs. Um, and then as the brand grows, it goes to customers. So we have a unique idea where we actually formulate brands basis understanding of the customer needs. So mm. what do patients want or what do doctors want? And taking those insights back into the lab and sitting with scientists and creating uh, formulations which actually solve problems. Now, it is not as simple as it happens in FMCG mm. because uh, most of the time FMCG world is more open and not regulated. It's not about drugs. It's not about diseases. But in our case, it's it's way different. So India has a lot of branded generics. So where your basic generic is already um, derived upon, but you need to formulate it in a manner or you can formulate it in a manner that it solves customer's problem. So once we do that, um, brand inner world associates with uh, clients and most of my clients are in top 20 pharma companies. We actually um, help them uh, do customer inciting. We help them actually arriving at propositions, uh, build that brand over a period of time and see to it that patient outcomes are better and the doctors start preferring your formulation over any other. So that's a 360 degree journey that brand new world does.
0: Okay. So uh, now I'll I dive uh, deep into uh, the uh, term mentioned uh, pharma marketing. Uh, you may choose to not answer uh, these questions also, but uh, I, I am very curious how the number one fact is uh, marketing and pharma industry they it's it's a controversial uh, uh, thing in many countries also uh, many countries uh, believe that uh, pharma companies shouldn't uh, market their drugs uh, also uh, there is a notion that uh, you know uh, marketing uh, is for products which are uh, you know, um, which are not uh, uh, very sensitive uh, 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 or uh, uh, what uh, I may uh, call it as, uh, which may not affect adversely uh, to a consumer's life. Uh, that is uh, that is where we can do proactive marketing, right? Uh, but when it comes to pharma, let's say we are having a drug and uh, uh, we do not know whether that drug is needed by a person or not. But then we we uh, do proactive advertisements about the drug. Uh, which is happening in uh, all over the world. So, uh, w- would you like to comment upon this part? Uh, you know, how uh, how is this industry evolving? Uh, w- w- what is the kind of uh, things? What are the things we do not know uh, about the pharma marketing? In anything on that, you, you you may want to speak. Uh, you can skip this question also if you want. <laughs> no, no, I
1: would rather not skip this question. Because it's a very valid question uh, and I believe there is this bit of uh, misinformation around that pharma companies uh, push their brands to someone who doesn't need them. Uh, Basically, in India, first and foremost, we are not allowed to advertise our brands to anybody uh, other than doctors. So it's very clear, unlike in the US, they allow reaching out directly to patients. Uh, Through something called DTC advertising. In India and most European countries, it's not allowed. So, that one part is absolutely out that you are not reaching out to uh, patients directly unless that medicine is OTC, over the counter medicine, which means it's safe enough for patients to take it without doctor's advice. Mm -hmm. Now, that is out. So, that one part in India is absolutely out second important point is that every medicine that is allopathic medicine which undergoes several trials before it reaches market so and when there is doctor sitting there and evaluating patients needs it's important that uh, patients actually get the right product now why marketing it's important because in the end brands have to reach customers and what is the best way to reach there? The best way is to market it, let they, let consumers or customers know about it. And what I mean, customers are doctors. Mm. Doctors know about it. Let them know pros and cons and then decide whether they want to prescribe it for their patients or not. So it's a very, very uh, well organized, regularized and compliant industry. Um, there are a lot of misnomers uh, outside, but uh, I would like to dispel everything that's associated with it.
0: Right. Uh... Right. Uh, Gauri, uh, uh, so uh, here is my next question. You can uh, skip this one also if you want to. So let's say uh, uh, I, I am a consumer and I am having uh, cold or uh, having fever. Uh, for fever, there are multiple types of drugs. Uh, uh, for example, paracetamol is there, then there is nemoslate. So how? let's say I go to my doctor and I ask him, uh, give me this particular brand because I am influenced by this particular brand. You prescribe me this brand. How does that sound? And you know what can the impact of uh, such a thing?
1: Yeah. So first and foremost, if you are talking about paracetamol, it's an OTC brand. Uh, it can be taken OTC. Uh, whereas uh, nimusolide is a prescription brand. So. A doctor in full of his capacity will ask patient that, where have you heard about this? And if he says, no, I heard about it and it worked for someone, friend of mine. Mm. And if doctor thinks it is going to work for him, for that patient, Mm. uh, doctor may actually prescribe it. There is something called placebo in our industry. And if you know the word placebo, that sometimes a medicine, which is not even a medicine, which is just a starch powder, gives you impact to your in your body which it is not supposed to give so it's your psychological reaction to a particular uh, uh, particular ingredient if a doctor feels that this nimisulide is right for this particular patient there are no there is no harm in it and patient is insisting on it uh, might as well he would decide to trigger his placebo uh, action in addition to the active action nimisulide is going to give so it's completely Handled by uh, an expert who is the doctor himself mm. and uh, patients don't insist. In fact, if a doctor says it's not good for you, mm-hmm. uh, patients actually never insist. Doctor is, a god, is the god most
0: often. Right. Again, a doctor is a god, also a doctor is a human being. And human beings uh, can be influenced by brands. So, uh, let's say a doctor is influenced by a particular brand. So, how, how do we know, how do we ensure that he is acting in the best interest of the patient?
1: Well, so there are a lot of things that are happening currently. Uh, First, uh, very importantly, uh, medical legal aspects in the country are really, uh, uh, you know, something that that area is really getting active. So doctors are first and foremost, are very concerned before they decide anything. There are algorithms there. There are associations who help doctors in deciding what is right and what is wrong. Um ha, uh, so therefore, a doctor is very concerned. Secondly, every patient these days is, a, is an educated patient. He understands certain things. Um, so so uh, you know, there is Google out there. So having said that if there is a human error, yes, there is a human error and a doctor being a human can make a mistake, but there is a legal system which is there and uh, with, uh, to whom doctor is answerable. And, and there is a course of action post that. So um, I, uh, so more of doctor being God is from the trust of a patient point of view. Hmm. Uh, maybe things are changing and I wouldn't say it's for all, but say the, the limited point I was making is that if doctors say something that this is not good for you, most of the times uh, patients listen.
0: Understood. Uh, Gaur- Gauri, I'll uh, get, uh, get, get back to my regular course of uh, questions. Uh, I'm so sorry I uh, focused so much into these particular aspects, uh, just because I was very curious, uh, personally. So, uh, uh, tell us uh, about the book you have written, uh, The Perfect Pill. Uh, What is it about, uh, you know, in a very uh, short way, uh, can you tell our audience how they can be benefited from that book? What is the book about?
1: Yeah, I mean, actually, this is one book, which is uh, these are, there are 10 steps uh, which can be followed to build a healthcare brand. Now, the whole idea of a brand is to fulfill a purpose, and that purpose is better patient outcome. So if patient outcome has to be better, a doctor has to understand there exists a brand like this. These are the benefits of the, that brand. And going back, someone has to create that kind of brand, which actually influences patient outcomes. So in my book, I have actually written 10 very critical steps, which if followed properly, uh, it so happens that uh, uh, a brand gets built and the patient outcomes are improved. So there is an ultimate win-win situation between a patient, doctor and a pharma brand. And how do you arrive at it is what is explained in this book.
0: And uh, how our audience, uh, uh, let me tell you a bit about our audience there young people who are uh, in their graduate courses or maybe uh, into their first job, young enough to start their own venture. How can they benefit from uh, this particular book?
1: Yeah, I mean, though this book is actually uh, about healthcare brands, but this is one process which I have used uh, for last so many years across my um, uh, interactions with brands and businesses. So though this book is written from healthcare expertise, that's where uh, you know, my expertise come in. but I think it's a universal model to follow. So it essentially says that, that if you want to create customer value, if you want to create something that your customers really want, then there is a simple method. And there are three aspects to three buckets uh, to this method. First is understand yourself and your business. So, what is it that your business is really going to do? So, what are your strengths? And at this point, just ignore all your weaknesses. Just focus on your strengths, and say and figure out what is it that you do the best. Figure out then the second basket is what is it that um, you that what is it that customers really want? What are their needs? What are their problems? What are their pain points? And how does solution look like? So that's your second basket. Your third basket is about competition, which means what is competition doing? What are they really not so good at? And here, concentrate only on the weaknesses of your your competition. And then ask a simple question. And that question is, that what is it that your customer wants? And you you can provide in the best possible manner, but your competition cannot. And whatever is the answer is is your customer value. Now, just one rider here. When I say that focus on your strengths, you focus on your strengths at this stage. But later on, do look at your weaknesses. You have to improve upon your weaknesses. But if you focus completely on your weakness, you cannot create customer value. So your strengths are extremely important. On the other side, when I say, Focus only on the weaknesses of your customer, once again. Focus on weaknesses for this process, but later move on and figure out what strengths your your competition has. And then see to it that how can you actually match up to those strengths and not be at disadvantage. But the whole idea is about you yourself, what you're best at, what your customers want, and what your competition cannot deliver. So if you follow this mantra, most often you arrive at the best customer value.
0: Hmm.
1: And that's the book all about.
0: Got it. Uh, so uh, now uh, I would like to ask, uh, uh, when did you think of uh, becoming an entrepreneur? Uh, this is the regular question I ask to everyone. Uh, when uh, uh, did you, you know, did some something bug in your mind? that I want to do something of my own. When uh, did this happen?
1: Yeah, my journey is slightly different uh, from most of your audience may have a journey like uh, in a sense that I was in a very active career um i got placed immediately after my uh, i mean during third semester of mba that is typically how it happens in uh, most of the mba colleges so mm. i was placed and um, i was very happy with the kind of work i was doing uh, i became brand manager and i was moving across country uh there came a point where fcb Ulka advertising was looking out for their head for their healthcare business so uh, when we started talking i found advertising really interesting and after around uh, eight to nine years experience in uh, pharma marketing i moved on to uh, advertising that also in india is one of the best advertising agencies with the clients like amul indica uh, indigo tata motors and uh, you know whirlpool and several other flagship brands and they wanted to open this healthcare uh, division for the patented brand, which they anticipated that time would come in big numbers in this country. So I worked there for several years. I had everything going for me and, uh, you know, a lot of uh, enjoyment. And I I was really loving my work. The only thing that was not happening with me is having enough time for my family. So I had two young children that time. And as a mother, uh, I wanted to spend time with them uh, more than they wanting that time with me. Uh, So maybe they were too small and they were, you know, they were okay with uh, mom, mother going out in the morning, coming late in the night.
0: Mm. But
1: I guess that was my need. And I said time is non-renewable resource. If I miss out on this time, I will never get it again. And that was my call uh, to be on my own. And it was a tough journey to begin with, particularly when you are earning a huge salary a uh, lot of respect in the industry lot of warmth and love from your colleagues so everything going right and yet you feel you no know, at this stage uh, you know i want control over my own time and therefore i want to be my own boss so that was the journey i sta- i started uh, uh, around 2010 and it moved on uh, so far so good uh, never thought of looking back
0: right i think uh, th- this is a very nice statement you made time is a non-renewable resource. Uh, uh, My next question is, uh, when you uh, started the uh, journey, uh, when you left your job and started on your own, how did your family uh, react to it? Uh, How how was your financial runway uh, and all? Yeah, I mean,
1: luckily, I didn't have so much of financial responsibility. because my husband uh, is in a job and he was in an active job even then. So uh, uh, it wasn't a question of how will I earn my lunch and dinner. So that part, uh, luckily, was not the case. Also, having worked for so many years, I I had enough. So financials were not uh, really a question. Hmm. Yeah, But how was it from family, uh, particularly uh, from my uh, parents and in-laws, the question was, uh, you're giving up on something that's so enriching. You're giving up on a job. And in a way, they were around uh, with my children. And they were really questioning, uh, do you really need to be um, around? Because in a way, we can take care. Uh, but the point was that um, it was a decision that I thought was my and my choice. So initially, when they, they were really uh, were little concerned with so much of education would it happen that you will get completely sucked into uh, you know being a mother than being a professional and would you be able to uh, get that balance right mm-hmm. um, so it was my choice and i said okay i will get that balance right but at this minute uh, i want to spend uh, with mm-hmm. my children and that was the call i took
0: right but this is just one side of the story. When it comes to uh, uh, quitting a job and starting your own own venture, survival is just one part of it. Uh, but to build a venture, you need to uh, uh, you need money to invest in. You need uh, the bootstrapping money. So how how did you manage? And the kind of uh, venture you have built uh, does that uh, need uh, uh, substantial investment?
1: No, So that's the good part of my venture. It doesn't require substantial investment. It just requires time and talent. And luckily, uh, I started getting associated with people who were like-minded people. And we started coming together uh, as a, uh, you know, we created this consultancy practice where everyone became a partner. So uh, there was no such thing that we were investing in terms of money in the business. But yes, we were giving our time and we were giving our talent to it, and uh, uh, therefore, getting these like-minded people together was a journey in itself. It was easy, but everybody is old. a thing where you know you don't have a monthly income coming. So initially, I didn't have any overheads, which I started uh, later on in my life. So particular salaries and uh, you know monthly expenses, all that I did much later in my journey. So the initial part was uh, just getting together and working on projects and uh, I came across many scientists particularly who were ready to uh, get into this formulation development, Hmm. uh, which worked pretty well. So, being a scientist, they were more open for good work and uh, partnership kind of arrangement than any uh, salaried arrangement. Hmm.
0: Right. Uh, So, uh, now since you have already mentioned a few things about how your initial days were i would like uh, you to talk more about how uh, the initial days were uh, more in terms of what was the first thing you did uh, how did you get your first customer how did you pay, recruit your uh, um, team or you know um, uh, you know how how did it happen initially what was the first month like
1: yeah i mean the first month was the toughest of all the months a simple thing like uh, when you are at a position in organizations you have the entire organization helping you out um you know a simple thing that i would never even go uh and get myself anything xerox you just have an office boy say that go to the corner and get things xerox but when you're on your own uh, you are the ceo and you are the pun of your own organization so simple mm. things like that uh, did trouble me because uh, they, so so i was doing almost everything on my own um, but having said that one thing was good in my journey that uh, all my clients who were my clients even initially even in, in the advertising uh, world uh, kind of actually started uh, coming to me and saying that while we are doing advertising with uh, fcb ulka can you do this bit for us? And FC Buka was more than happy uh, to partner with me. So we kind of had a triad. So um, all my ex-clients actually became my clients. So getting first client was not difficult. In fact, even the company for which I was working uh, as a uh, uh, marketing uh, uh, executive came back to me saying that, OK, we understand you are on your own now. We want this to be done. So. So business came, business was never a problem for me because over a period of time I had that kind of network and equation with people uh, associated in the industry. Issue was how do you run it? How do you get, uh, you know, your daily work done and still, I mean, the whole idea was to have more time on hand and there were days that I had much lesser time on hand than what I would have had uh, in my 9 to 5 job, which was never 9 to 5 of course, but which I had in job. So. Those were little tough times, uh, but fair enough, uh, being my own boss, I decided my priorities, right? So I wouldn't say it was a very easy journey. But yeah, it was very enriching and fulfilling.
0: Mm -hmm. Right. So uh, the way I see it, uh, so Gauri, first of all, not every day we get uh, uh, entrepreneurs who are into marketing industry, uh, especially into marketing agencies. Uh, So uh, uh, i would like to ask you this question it looks like uh, is uh, uh, what i i can understand from here it is not very difficult to start a, a company which is doing uh, marketing for other companies uh, because the initial investment is very less uh, uh, all you need is uh, talent uh, experience and good connection in the in the industry uh, right so uh, can you can you uh, what, what uh, the statement I made is it a correct statement? Also, uh, I would like to ask: uh, What are the different things of uh, marketing industry in general? Uh, not talking about uh, healthcare only, but marketing industry in general. What others do not know about?
1: I mean, I would not really uh, know uh, what are those different things. I mean, I don't know what to compare it with. But whatever it is, I mean, one thing is there. You go to have passion and you've got to have more passion for uh, you know if you're in marketing your passion has to be, to run really high because when you love your products or when you love your brands then only your customers can love it and that's transferable uh, you know the, the minute a marketing person feels a little doubtful about his or her own brand there's a good chance that your customer is going to drop it so that passion belief and uh, you know, the persistence is something that a marketing person must have. I wouldn't say others should not have, but I, with my experience, I can say uh, it is suicidal if, if a marketing person doesn't have it.
0: Mm-hmm. And uh, let's say a student is in, uh, is in his uh, graduation or a first job. And uh, he, he thinks he's a uh, uh, marketing, he can be a marketing entrepreneur. What are the things or what are the skill sets uh, he must possess, he or she must possess? Uh, to become one.
1: Right. So, um, basically, the first and foremost is that, does he have an idea which is really burning in him? So, what generally, uh, any uh, entrepreneurial idea goes around problem solving. So, what is that one problem of your customer which you think is bothering you and you want to provide a solution for? So, first of all, are you a good listener to understand those pain points very well and then do you have a solution for it? So that's the first, your business idea has to, in my opinion, has to come from there. Hmm. Second important thing, I mean, there are a lot of things, but very important thing for a student to know that. How good he is he or she with his um, uh, teammates? Because often it so happens that you can't do business alone. You need your so-called partners, co-founders or whatever. It, so how good are you at working with other people? You may have excellent IQ. You might be, uh, you know, nine pointer and even 10 pointer in your class. That's good. That has to be there. I wouldn't undermine it by any chance. But how good are you with your friends? How do you build build teams? I mean, how well uh, did you do anything in the college where it involved a team of 10, 15 people? Uh, Many times you just have to fit into that puzzle. Uh, I think many youngsters believe that they have to lead from the front, and others have to follow it. In my personal limited opinion, that's not how the life is. Life is about fitting in and working together as an entire group and achieving things uh, which you set out to. So, so in my opinion, that's very critical skill to have is to connect with other human beings and work collectively.
0: Right. And uh, Gauri, now uh, my question is uh, based on what you uh, planned or dreamed initially for your venture, how far have you reached in terms of milestones? and what what is your vision um uh, what do you want to build in the end
1: yeah if i have to uh compare it from the journey i started with and the expectations i started with i would say i achieved uh more or less what i wanted to hmm. but having said that uh every time you come uh you know you walk the path you just see destination being there there uh you know I mean, the beautiful de- destination being there next to the destination you thought you wanted to reach too. So uh, if I look ahead, there is so much more to, uh, to achieve. There is so much more to do. And uh, each time you take a turn, you see a new journey. And that is fascinating enough. As long as it's fascinating, I would say, then you know it's a long way to go. Because every turn brings out a beautiful scenario ahead of you. So, so, so I mean, it's a very difficult question to answer. But okay, am I satisfied? Yes, I'm satisfied. Uh, am I, uh, is there something more to do or there is a lot to do? Mm-hmm. So that's where I mm-hmm.
0: Right. Uh, Gauri, uh, I would like to ask, uh, what are the challenges you faced along the way? It, it, it uh, The way you mentioned, uh, it, it seems like a, a very smooth journey, but I'm sure there would be challenges. Can you tell uh, some of the challenges you faced?
1: Yeah, I mean, the most important challenge is... Uh, when you are expanding and when you are uh, you know and you're going beyond your comfortable circle of people mm. i mean luckily i had my set uh, clients each year and i didn't have to worry about going out and doing business but uh, then came a point when um, i started expanding and then taking no uh, and nobody says no to you i mean particularly in my business it doesn't happen that somebody says oh what have you done we are not interested uh, they are a little polite and you have to read between the lines and you realize that it's a no and uh, you simply have to be to to you know not get disappointed and move further. Uh, so that's what sometimes gets difficult uh, mm-hmm. being an entrepreneur sometimes um, you feel this is what is the best and you can really add value to your client's business and your client is not ready or open even for a discussion mm-hmm. So those disappointments uh, come many times. Also, uh, as an entrepreneur, quite some journeys are lonely journeys. They are not journeys where the entire organization is behind you. So being alone and facing those tensions at times, self-doubts at times are the most difficult part to handle. Uh, But uh, there is no way out. So you live through it and um, you just keep walking. But that's what every entrepreneur has to be really ready for because often the journeys get lonelier.
0: Who is your uh, role model when it comes to entrepreneurship? Who inspires you?
1: Oh, there are quite a few. I mean, I wouldn't say there is just one. Um, but uh, there's one, Nicholas Hall. I don't know, your audience wouldn't have bored of these people, maybe because my industry is slightly-
0: They only know different Elon Musk.
1: Industry. <laughs> yeah, Elon Musk. I mean, any, any entrepreneur for that matter, who has that burning desire, which must has and uh, you know, his vision is, uh, is you know, too too big and too large. And so, yeah, I mean, Elon Musk, Narayan Murthy, I mean, why should I, I mean, Zuckerberg, you look at anyone, everybody's journey who is
0: fascinating.
1: Your, who is your uh, role model? Well, I would go by Narayan Murthy, um, because I think, uh, you know, Succeeding in your business is one thing. A lot of people are and uh, whatever little you hear about them, uh, you know, makes your opinion. So I wouldn't take Journey as only who is successful in his business. That's not how I would uh, consider someone to be my role model. Mm -hmm. Very important for me is how is that person? How Mm -hmm. humble is that person? And I had an opportunity to meet meet Narayan Murthy and uh, I have seen how humble he is. Um, uh, there was a point when I met him, I, I met him very accidentally uh, uh, at one, at the airport, I mean, at Frankfurt airport. And mm-hmm. I was, I and my family were just guessing, is this Nara and Murthy? Because the way he was conducting himself was so much like a common person. And I felt that man had humility and he's a great human being. So for me, a, a role model is not someone who is just successful, mm-hmm. but someone who is humble, and someone who is uh, you know who has his heart at the right place so so that that uh, that ex- incident i had with him can come at some later uh, stage but he's the person all businessmen uh, with heart at the right place is my role the role
0: model got it uh, how do you compare entrepreneurship with a nine to five job i think you have been to both
1: yeah um well these days there is nothing called nine to five job so you know, it, it your job may start at nine, but you don't know when it would end. So but having said that, there are certain comforts which come with nine to five job. Technically, I mean, with a job mm-hmm. and uh, which are basically getting fixed salary at end of the month. And that takes away a huge burden from your head. Uh, but having said that, you don't have control over your time. So often it so happens is that uh, because you have to put in certain number of hours in your um, uh, office, and then, because your work also demands a lot more extra time, uh, most of the time you are, you know, uh, you don't have control over. Sometimes you are just sitting in some meetings, uh, which probably you don't need even to. So you don't have control over your time at all. And uh, I'm a kind of person who values time a bit more. So maybe uh, so that's the flip side. And the good, good part is you have a salary every month, and you don't have to struggle hard to go and uh, kind of of course you struggle hard even for that but your struggles are slightly lesser and uh, more structured but then uh, you don't have the kind of freedom uh, as an entrepreneur you have so you have to weigh uh, both the things well before you decide
0: right Uh, the next question is how do you suggest our audience to uh, start their journey as an entrepreneur. I am not talking about the marketing related entrepreneurs uh, as such, but in general.
1: Oh, today's generation is way too smart and opportunities are so much more. It's just that they have to have that risk-taking ability, which I guess they do have. So uh, there is no fixed formula. Every journey is a, a different journey. Follow your heart that's all i would say any day in the morning uh, you know you feel that uh, what i am doing is not worth it then give a serious consideration but get up in the morning and if you say oh i have this way ahead and this is what i am going to do today in my business or my you know startup if it is exciting to you uh, that's where you should be so so what advice can i give but then maybe you start it right away and take a risk move on Or else it could be, you know, take a couple of years experience, understand things, how they happen, uh, you know, outside in a a very corporate setup, Mm -hmm. then use it. It's absolutely your choice. Don't compare. There is no one path to success. In fact, there are multiple paths to success. The only one mistake we keep doing all the time is that, oh, someone did it this way. And therefore, this seems to be a path to success. No, luckily, uh, success can come by whichever path you take, as long as um, you're happy about it and um, you, you, you want to keep doing it. Persistence works. That's all it works when it's in business. Never say uh, no. So don't quit. That's all. You will succeed.
0: Uh, I think uh, we are almost up with the time. Uh, one last question. What is your final message uh, to uh, our potential entrepreneurs uh, of this country?
1: Well, my final message is probably the only one is that uh, you are in the right country at the right time, and um, there is a whole a lot of world of opportunities for you. Just go grab it. Don't ever feel disappointed if things don't go exactly the way you planned it to be, but never forget there is a divine path there. So, believe in that path. Persistence, consistency that's all that it takes beyond your, of course, trends and your own uh, skills at it. But being persistent is very critical. And last but not the least, your customer uh, or your client is the most important person. You exist because he or she does. So whatever happens, uh, whether you get business, you don't get business, never ever think that, oh, this customer, you know, I mean, I really hate this customer of mine. Mm -hmm. No, if you ever get into that mode, it is not going to work for you understand things from his perspective you would actually even while taking no you would actually understand the predicament uh, that uh, that customer has so as long as you are in love with what you do and uh, you are in sync with your customer there's no looking back
0: gauri is there anything else you want to share with our uh, our audience Uh, and you couldn't due to my long questionnaire
1: um, no, nothing particularly, all as an author, because I never thought I would be an author. And, uh, you know, my book did exceedingly well, uh, being uh, one of the top sellers on Amazon and uh, in India, UK and Australia uh, was something really, uh, very pleasant surprise to me. Though it's a healthcare brand building journey. Uh, do read it if you're interested in marketing, because you can apply it to any brand and you can apply it to yourself. So the name of the book is "The Perfect Pill: Ten Steps to Build a Strong Healthcare Brand." Uh, pick up a copy if your library has, or you know, if you get a hold of it somehow. If you don't want to buy it, mm-hmm. but um, it's it's a it's a, a model that I have put forward. It's a robust model, that rarely uh, it goes wrong. Mm-hmm. And if you want to get into it, you handle my LinkedIn? Uh, wherever you all can just uh, you know, or Google search Gauri Choudhury, uh, Choudhury with I at the end. So look, look for me and I'm all yours. Ask me any question you want and with my limited uh, capacity, whichever way I can answer them. I would love to do that because students and youngsters are the future and everything for them.
0: Uh, well, it was a pleasure to have you here at TLI. I think our audience would have got lifetime lessons from this video. Thanks for your time, Gauri, and our best wishes uh, for your venture.
1: Thank you. Thank you, Peranjin. And it was great uh, meeting the, through you, these young people. So all the best to you and everyone who wants to walk this path of uh, entrepreneurial journey.
0: Thank you. We are seeking follow and connect with uh, Gauri on LinkedIn by searching for uh, Gauri Chaudhary with uh, an eye. Also, so whom do you uh, want to have here at ELI for next episodes? Do let me know in comments below. We will be back with a note. Stay tuned to Entrepreneur Lounge of India.